All right, we'll go back into the ref right here on the home of Sooner fans. Our guests on Coach's Corner today, Josh, Jeff Lebby and Miguel Chavis. Lebby and Chavis. Which is going to be kind of cool because since you don't have the coordinators doing their weekly pressers anymore, they're doing post-game and that's it, we'll learn a little bit about how the bye week has been for Jeff Lebby. Man, you are you're going to be – Mr. Aggregation this week. Oh, yeah? You think so? Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to know, right? Hey, what's what's going on? What do you think about playing UCF? Yeah. Great point. Great point. Um, how you feel about going up against a quarterback that you called plays for, even though he didn't play a ton, John Rice Plumley. By the time that – who do you – he had two different quarterbacks. He had Jackson Dart one year. I can't remember who else he had. Plumley didn't play a lot at Ole Miss his second whenever Levy got there his second season. But I'll I'll tell you what, I it's a fun storyline for us, right? The place where Jeff Levy came from. Uh I mean, as the what's the best way to put this? The rebirth of his coaching career truly took off. I think it's I think it's fair to say that, you know, what he accomplished at UCF was one of those moments where, okay, he's back on the 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 upward trajectory. He went down to Southeast, not the Oklahoma Southeastern. He went to Southeastern for a year, led that team to a Mid-South Conference Sun Division title and a playoff berth. Had the number one scoring offense in NAIA. And then after the 2017 season, he joined UCF. Oh, that's right. Uh, McKenzie Milton was the quarterback his his first year there at UCF. Then the following season, number five offense in the country under Dylan Gabriel. So it's more than just, hey, Coach Levy, that's a place that you coached. Josh, that's a place that following what happened at Baylor really gave him his first D1 opportunity after you, you thought it might be kind of tough to rebuild your coaching resume, right? That's that's something that's pretty significant to me. If I'm a, a, a dude that was trying to get back in, UCF gave him a chance. And then, of course, he went to Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin for – a couple of seasons, and boom, here in Oklahoma. So, I again, you're right. Aggregation galore. But to me, you know, seeing – I'm sure for Jeff Levy, there's, there was, it was only two years. In coaching, though, you can kind of put two times seven. It's like dog years. But I think it was a big deal, the, the opportunity that they gave him because, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a scandal that had far-reaching ramifications. It still, you know, resonates with people today, right? And UCF gave him a chance, and look what he's done with it. No, it's a good point, and I'm sure. That, I mean, obviously, he's he's grateful to UCF for for the opportunity. But again, I, I just I don't get uh, caught up in the idea that he's going to get caught <laughs> no, up in the idea that's this right. week. No, I agree. I agree 100. Um, percent Matt Corral, thank you, thank you very much. I I don't know why Matt Corral wasn't coming to my mind, but that's right. He had a great year with Matt Corral uh, at Ole Miss, and then. Who was it? 
who was it, one of the draft experts, that was like, I think Matt Corral is the best quarterback in this draft. Why? Because every single draft expert has to have someone that's off the radar as the best quarterback. I would have taken Tyson Badgett in the first round if I could have this year. You find out maybe they're not that good. Uh, The 909 brings up this point. There are several scenarios where OU can win out and still not make the playoffs where I think the strength of schedule will come into play. Um, I, if Oklahoma wins out and is 12 and 0, they're going to the playoffs. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And when you talk about strength of schedule, Josh, Oklahoma's strength of schedule is not as bad as people try to make it out to be. Now, is it, is there anyone that's going to help them the rest of the way? No. And maybe that's a conversation we have in week 13 or 14 after the championship game weekend. But you realize for Oklahoma to be left out, you have to have every single team finish perfect, right? Oregon's – I'm sorry, Washington's got to run the table, go undefeated, win a Pac-12 title game. Georgia has got to run the table, go undefeated, win an SEC title game. One, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and they all play each other, have to go undefeated and win a Big Ten title game. And then add to it, you know, Florida State. But, I, again, sure, you can say, I see a scenario, but it's like me saying, you know what, I'm going to win the lottery next week, and I'm not going to do this show. See you guys. I just I think it's one of those wild things that would also involve Oklahoma, Josh, maybe playing a few tighter games because if you finish your season and we do this every year around this time by the way I just want to make, I'm not dogging on the 909 sir it's it's a fair point but we do this every year I mean you can go back and listen to the plank show featuring Josh Helmer <laughs> from last year and we were probably doing this when it's like man I think there's going to be like nine undefeated teams by the end of the year and the year before that we do this every and single it year never, never happens never happens and let me be very clear about this, there is a 0% chance that undefeated Oklahoma is not in the college football playoff. I agree. I agree. Zero. Zero. 0.0. And then let's just say if you're worried about strength of schedule, well, that would be two games likely against Texas. How about this? Go ahead. This is kind of crazy. And obviously there will be ongoing shuffling and week to week this will morph and change a little bit. But Oklahoma's remaining strength of schedule has improved in part because probably of what Oklahoma State has done the last couple of weeks versus Kansas State and Kansas. Now, not that this is great, okay, but this is not, you know, 57 or 60, whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Remaining strength of schedule is 45 now for Oklahoma, okay? Strength of schedule overall for Oklahoma is 39. The ESPN Football Power Index has Oklahoma's strength of record number one in the nation. So, there you go. It's a good question. I mean, that's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, Sooner Steven writes, Plank, I blame you because now that anyone asks me a question that I'm sure of the answer, my immediate response is, quote, that's a good-looking question. Do you know where I get that from, Josh? You know. It's a family guy cut. He has the volcano insurance salesman that comes to see him. (laughs) And Peter asks a question. Maybe or maybe it was the – which I think the Carlot guy is the same guy – and the guy goes, that's a good-looking question. I don't know why it stayed with me. Sooner, Steven, enjoy it. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Real quick text on this, and we'll move on to the week that was. My third 
Third thing that I feel like I learned. Who is starting at quarterback at UCF this week? Plumlee poses more of a threat than their backup. Uh, we don't know. They seem they seem to be saying all the right things about Timmy McClain. But also in that, John Rice Plumlee is a guy that they've also made it pretty clear that he's you know, not going to lose his job because of injury. But but he was suited up, suited and booted last week and was a game-time call. But I don't – I don't know. I don't know that they are as all-in on him as maybe you would make it seem. I mean, you go back and there was a – there was a report from Chris Boyle of the Dayton Beach News Journal and also Brett McMurphy had reported it that they were going to they were going to start John Rice Plumley in that game against Kansas. A game in which Kansas won fifty one to twenty two. A game that had 28 fourth quarter points, and I don't, I don't remember how many true series it was. But the dude only threw seven passes all game long before, before I think Kansas realized, or excuse me, UCF realized. Yeah, let's uh, let's get back to Timmy McLean. So it's a they started him and they only used him for what. Was it two or three series? I was trying to look back on the play-by-play quickly. But, yeah, just it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense what they've been doing at the quarterback position. Yeah, they um, he had the first series. He had the second series. He had the third series. And then I think he was – they had gone to Timmy McClain by the fourth series of the game. So I don't know if it was a – Get him out there, see how it feels. Oh, we're not doing anything outside of a punt return. That went well for Kansas. I don't know, Josh. It's a great question. I have no idea which direction they'll go. I would take the lack of a response to mean you don't either. Uh, all right, this one from the 918. Notre Dame could have punched it in for another humiliating touchdown at the very end of the game, but Notre Dame showed class and took a knee. If the mule shoe was on the other foot. Would he have shown restraint? Doubt it. 48-20, I will take that smackdown any day. <laughs> what do you think? Would he have taken the, the extra points? I don't think Lincoln was a rub-it-in-your-face kind of a guy. Didn't seem to be, no. No. Oh, are, do, do you have any idea? Why Did my UCF quarterback conversation put you to sleep? Uh, I just I don't know enough okay. about all of them to – have an educated feeling one way or the the other. I think Plumlee's probably the best. And, uh, you know, regardless of who's back there for Oklahoma, I expect Oklahoma to be really good defensively and to win this game rather convincingly. I, I Again, I don't know what's going on there. You're 100% right. I found it odd that Plumlee started and only got three series. To me, that's a signal that either, A, he's not as healthy as you thought, or, B, your offense is humming better than with Timmy McClain. And I've only, you know, I, I've watched 
two UCF games this year. And while John Rice Plumley I liked a lot, I just I think Oklahoma's gonna eat him up. Well, and based on what Kansas did to them, I mean, does it matter who's playing quarterback? That's true. Are That's they gonna true. be able to stop Oklahoma at all? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I, You know, that's the funny thing is whenever I look at all of these teams now in front of Oklahoma, and you can say that sounds arrogant. No, no, just based on and, and watching a lot of college football this weekend. I mean, a lot of college football. I think people, the, the one area of Oklahoma that they continue to undersell the, it, within our own fan base, I think, is this offense. I think everyone's so excited about the defense, and understandably so, you should be that if things happen to get a little wonky defensively, I don't know that there's another defense on this schedule that can do the things to Oklahoma that Texas was capable of doing, or even Cincinnati for that matter. And look what just happened to Cincinnati this past weekend. So while spending a lot of the weekend you know, wondering where the Sooners kind of fit in the national landscape – I think we're forgetting just how explosive this offense has the ability to be, Josh. Well, and this is the week for Oklahoma. We'd like to see some run game, right? I mean, given the fact that what? uh, Baylor was able to run it pretty effectively on UCF. Obviously, Kansas ran all over them. So, you know, probably for me, that's one of the biggest things I'm watching is Oklahoma offensively. Uh, You know, I'm not saying go – I would love to see it, right? But I'm not saying run for 400 yards. But, hey, uh, I expect you to run effectively on UCF because guess what? Kansas did it. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Ooh, what an op- what an opportunity to get the run game going, too. All right, here's the third thing I learned. Here's the, here's the third after week seven of college football. I know this. After week seven of college football, I know this, and it's what I don't know. I still don't know who the third best team right now is in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a tough one. I still have no idea. And, in fact, Josh, not only do I, I, I not know who's the third best team in the Big 12, I think I'm even more confused this weekend than I was last weekend. And I, I feel like it's become a fun conversation on podcasts and sports radio shows and things without things of that nature, columns, aggregation pieces, whichever way you want to look at it. But every single time someone's like, oh, well, it's West Virginia. Okay, well, West Virginia shouldn't be in a position where Houston can even beat them with a Hail Mary. Houston's terrible. Kansas State looked pretty good. Now they've got a they've got a potential new option, at least whenever it comes to running the football and breaking out Avery Johnson, who I'm sorry, I cannot stop watching that stupid video of Avery Johnson scoring a touchdown and that Texas Tech staffer or fan or donor or media person or whomever just standing next to him crotch chopping. I don't know what's going on there, Josh, but as you tell me, uh, Avery Johnson likes him some him, so maybe that dude was just mad about what was taking place. It could be. could very well be. Yeah, that uh... – Coaching staff in Manhattan's probably frustrated they didn't try that oh. one week sooner versus Oklahoma State. But uh, Will Howard was kind of kind of on notice. It felt like going into this week, and obviously now I think that <sighs> you're going to see K State just go, you know, delve deeper into those waters of hey, we found something that works with this other quarterback. We're going to keep exploring it. 
I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma State appears to figure things out. I mean, they're they're two and one in conference play, and then Iowa State is three and one in conference play, and their only loss is to Oklahoma. Heck, they might be the second best team in the Big Twelve right now after the mess of their offseason and non conference. So, I mean, again, it's low hanging fruit, but Josh, I still have no idea who's that next tier below Oklahoma and Texas right now. Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't know that I have a strong feeling one way or another, which probably speaks to your point. I want to still say Kansas State, but is that just steeped in how I felt before the year started? Iowa State, am I am I just mentally holding a Agreed. game against them in Ohio that doesn't really matter Agreed. in the equation anymore? Oh, so right. Oklahoma State, is it just the the poor start for them that, uh, again, kind of one, one horrible game versus South Alabama, right? So I, I would – and Kansas, I'm a little bit worried about, uh, obviously, them defensively. And uh, there's only so much. Being, you know, a couple of late turnovers was, by and large, really good this weekend. So, if we keep saying how much better they'd be with Jalen Daniels, I mean, Bean's doing a pretty good He's job. He's doing a nice job. He really is. Jason Bean is doing everything you would want in a backup quarterback to keep you in conversations for what Kansas' goals seem to be this year. So, there you go. Uh I still don't know, and I don't know if we're going to find out after next week. Every single time there's a loser leaves town match, I'm, I'm like, oh, there's your second loss, you're done. But then again, Oklahoma and Texas are beasts right now. They really are. Uh, and we'll see about Texas. Texas has Houston this weekend, which they should take care of. But Houston has been circling this game, much like Baylor had been circling that game against Texas. And I have no clue, Josh, and I don't know what to make with Avery Johnson running the show, question mark, at Kansas State right now. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that's going to be – bottom line, they're, they're going to be splitting some time. Right. Worst-case scenario for him, but I think maybe they're trending in, in the direction of him taking that job over full I think time. you're right. I think you're right. Okay, let's get a quick break. When we come back, let's start pouring through the text line, okay? 405-651-3439. What you all learned from the weekend that was, we're putting our list together for our top five, which is coming up at 11 a.m. We're at OU today. That's where we spend our Mondays during game week. Oklahoma UCF coming up this weekend. That's an 11 a.m. start. The Windy Chevy pregame show will be on the air Saturday morning at 7 a.m. before the sun comes up with a brisk fall chill in the air as we get set for OU-UCF, and we're talking about it all week right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Was I, Josh? Uh, you you did a, okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, was I more than a 10 or was I about a 7? I'll give you a 7, I guess. <laughs> How about, you know. I was about I, ready to jump in. I'll put it to you like that. Okay, okay, that's not bad. Well, here's, we're in a situation with the Plank family today, just to be very clear. Two things have happened. Number one, I'm getting old, and it takes me forever to go number one. Number two, and most importantly to this situation, my car didn't start this morning, Josh. Oh, no, man. Yeah, you know, I think I've been, uh, I think I've been playing a little bit of um, chicken with the old Ford Edge for the last couple of days. I'm sorry to hear that. Started at the Texas game whenever I – after taking the road trip, having a great trip, I mentioned how great that trip was down to down to Austin, or down to Dallas this past, a couple weekends ago. Great trip. Great Could trip. you uh, please expound on that? Just a great trip overall, Josh. So this uh, Ford Edge, right? 
Have my you baby. had it since the accident? Well, I wrecked my wife's car. Well, I, that's good. Yeah. Then just you can ask her. She'll tell you all about it. And then her uh, her theory of a ghost deer. They all don't think I saw anything. I mean, it's just hilarious. Bottom line, this uh, Ford Edge, are you, you approaching the end of the life cycle here maybe? Oh, we're at like 230,000 miles. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Peek behind the curtain just real quick. It's, it's going to be my daughter's car. My daughter turns 15. Oh, you got a good 50 on it then. Right, <laughs> if, exactly. If you're passing down, yeah, oh, yeah. So a, a, a lot of things going on here, okay? Number one, I'm looking for a truck. I'm buying a truck. But here's the problem, Josh. I'm very specific in what I want in my truck. <laughs> I need it to be gently used, which most trucks are not gently used. And I need it to fit in a price range that is probably half, Eddie, half of what most <laughs> trucks cost. Yeah, good luck with so, that. So I'm, look, I'm, I'm very much looking for a used truck. I don't care what kind I want. You know, you have all the things that you want. And my wife, like, that's what she does. She looks, well, not, I mean, it's not what she does, but she's like the ninja whenever it comes to finding great deals. We've, all of our cars are great deals. So it's kind of been a little thing in our family. So short story long, I was supposed to go look at a truck. In the process of going to look at a truck today, which I was going to Okima, Josh. Have you been to Okima before? I don't think I have. I hadn't either, but I saw something on the book of faces, and I was like, let's go to the truck store. But so this all is going to come together. Number one, I had to call this very exclusive club that I'm a member of. Not many people are. It's called Sam's. And I had to make sure that there was a, a, a chance to get in and get a new battery. And then in that, while I was making sure my battery could be replaced in my daughter's car, I got a notification from the person with the truck I was supposed to see accepting my cancellation of, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it today. So I tried to fit all of that in during the last break, and it just – I missed it by – I didn't miss it by a full city on the landing, but I I came pretty close, right? Yeah, you did all right. It's it's all good in the neighborhood. I'm usually better about balancing these things out during different breaks, but it all came together in one break, so there we are. Mentally, you had to get it done now. I, I, I understand. I had to. I had to get it done. Um, it's always interesting some of the questions we'll get out of fall softball. This one from the 405 has been asked a couple of times off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Why didn't Quincy Lilio play Wednesday night? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, if you were to ask Coach, I think that they err on the side of extreme caution during the fall. So... Yeah, I, people were freaking out. Why wasn't Sid Sanders playing? Well, like Coach said, she had kind of tweaked something. So, to me, there's only there's only one player that had a severe enough injury to where Coach even said that she was going to be out for a while. Um, and that was, what, Carly Keeney. She's not going to be involved in the fall because of an injury, but it looks like she's going to be okay come – the season so Q was there on Wednesday night 
I don't think I would get too worried about anyone not playing unless you see them on crutches with a body cast. They play North Central Texas College tonight. I don't know if there's a broadcast for tonight's game. I think we're only broadcasting the Battle Series, which is back under Ray uh, on Wednesday night. So OU softball back in action. But, yeah, I wouldn't get too caught up. Jesse G, did I tell you I met Jesse G this past weekend? You did, yeah. At least I think I did. That was you, right, Jesse G? (laughs) He introduced himself as Jesse G, so I assume it would. Didn't it happen at the end of last week? It happened at the Washington football game. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. On Thursday night. Against the Lindsay Leopards. Uh, Okima is the land of milk and honey and the hometown of your boys Jesse G and Darren Wilson. Wow, how about that? That is uh, an illustrious crew. Um, that is very true. Okay, Sooner Gundy, here's – I learned this weekend that USC fans are already calling for Lincoln Riley's job. <laughs> can, can Lincoln Riley ever change? Philosophically, is it the we oh. don't tackle building up to a season or in season? Clearly, there's some lack of emphasis, right, right. defensively. Right. Will it ever change? I I would lean no. It seems like he's he's almost like Kirk Ferentz. He's so dug in that it's just never going to change. Holy smokes. That is an awesome comparison. But the reverse. The exact great comparison in Upside Down World, right? It's very Kirk Ferentz. What's the magic number that Andy Staples keeps talking about? Is it 350 or something yeah, like the, that? Yeah, the drive to 325. And I got news for okay. you. It ain't going to happen. Okay, 325. I mean, it is. It's the exact opposite. Somebody, though, did. did <laughs> Somebody threw out a hilarious text or tweet this weekend involving the NFL. And it said Caleb Williams going with the reverse tank to avoid the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Brilliant. Sorry, Perry. That's the last thing. I do not want Caleb Williams in the AFC West. Man, he. Uh... He'd be good in Denver. Really um, good. All right. There's so much good stuff here on the text line. Let me just uh, – let me let me get Kendall in here. Anytime Kendall calls, I'm all about it. Good morning, Kendall. Welcome to the ref. What's going on? Uh-oh. Kendall. Yes. Oh, what's up, dude? How are you? Man, I miss you guys. Miss you too, man. What's was, going on? Everything good? Was, uh, you around? Yeah. Okay. I was uh, – I was at the uh, just now telling Josh that I was at the TU football game, and uh, Casey was like, "Where, are you, where are you, you haven't called in? Like, did we hurt your feelings? Did we make you mad?" And I know you know been around for a long time, so just making sure we didn't upset you. I was like, "No, I'm actually uh, working. I'm actually a school teacher." So <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a second. You don't let the job get in the way of contributing to these shows, Kendall. What are you doing yeah, right now? How man? dare you let life interrupt how, uh, the relationship with the rap? Think about my kids. <laughs> well, no. Well, that's very cool. And as my, uh, as the uh, one of the official sod masters of of the plank show too, we're getting into prime growing season, right? I mean, this is where we oh, got to yeah, get some yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be getting. Yeah. Hey, you, are you wanting to be uh, planting that cool season grass? We better hurry up and get up to it because October's your. Uh, is the last day, like uh, uh, around Halloween, is usually the cutoff date. So, mm. Blank, you need to be planting that seed right now, man. Today's a beautiful day to get out there and aerate that soil 
and put that seed down and keep it wet. It seems to be a problem for me, keeping it wet. So what's on your mind today, Kendall? What you got? <laughs> no, I'm in my grass. There, there's no oh, innuendo God, there. I have dogs. Man. I'm sorry. That um, was not – no. Out was, of context. I'm, <laughs> out of yes. context. Save the show man. for me right now, Kendall. What's on that your mind today? Foul. You know what? I was <laughs> – gosh. Went off the rails quick there, Blake. All right. Very innocent. Very innocent. It literally meant because I have three dumb dogs and a stupid cat, and if I get the yard wet, I am in big trouble. Anyway, what's on your mind today, Kendall? I'm trying to bring it back. Okay, all right, here we go. Three, two, one. All right. You know, it was wait and see for me and with the, with the season this year, and you know what? I have put on the crimson-colored glasses, baby. It's national championship or bust for me now, man. <laughs> it is, it is, I'm already telling people, OU's winning the national championship, baby. It was, like I said, I was waiting to see, but uh, I've already seen enough. And I'm like, okay, let's go, baby. Let's get that national championship now. So I'm excited, man. It's great to see some defense back out there. I just I love it. And, uh uh DG he's uh he's he's made he's put me to uh he's uh shut me up so he's he's doing awesome so, you've been silencing some uh, critics yeah i don't i don't need the uh i don't need jackson arnold right now he can wait his time uh this is this is DG's team right now and uh so i'm excited we're going to win a national championship and uh no pressure no i'm ex- no no pressure venables but uh it's awesome, and it's even better to see uh, the guy out west uh, get beat by Notre Dame this weekend, too. So. Yeah, too. All right, thanks, Kendall. Appreciate your phone call. Boy, that uh, leads right into our question in the next segment. <laughs> we got to take a break. Did we take our bottom of the hour break? No. We, okay. we, yeah, we're going to need to. It's 1038. Plank Show's on the road. Good to hear Kendall back in the rotation at 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Here is um, – I mean, is does that now become the expectation? I mean, I I got to I got to be honest with you. I saw it very early. We kind of danced around this conversation a bit, and for a lot of us, it had the this weekend had that you know opportunity to 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 look around across the rest of college football. The 918 popped in right off the top of the show and said, listen, the ceiling never changes. Always expect the Sooners to play for a natty. Right. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a terrible take right now. Stein two next. It's Plank Show on the road getting set for, well, it's game week. OU and UCF, and we've got you covered right here on the raft. Josh, you know what's incredible? Uh, I went on my picks this weekend uh, in our six-pack of picks. I went two and four. But on my plank parlay, I hit the first week that I did it, and every single week since, I mean, technically in a parlay bet, you lost it, but I'm, I've hit two of the three picks. I finally lost my upset special because, I mean, Army decided to fumble the football all over the place. But I'm feeling like if I can just, you know, this is my sales pitch to my wife. When I uh, retire, this is my retirement. I'm going to become like Lee Sterling, a professional gambler. Can't go wrong. Brilliant. I, I got to fake hit some of these, though. That, that'd that be nice. 
<laughs> See, babe, if we put $500 on this three-team parlay, we'd be rich. What about the one that you miss? Don't worry about that one. Yeah, parlays, parlays can add up in a hurry. You start missing on those. Yeah, you start missing on those in just a bit. All right, uh, it's game week, Oklahoma and UCF, and there is still a ton, a ton of college football stuff to get to. Uh, our five takeaways from the weekend coming up. Josh, I've been very greedy with this today. Is there anything you want to throw in from some things that caught your eye after week seven of the college football season, you know, that really on a day when I'm sure you were writing a lot about a an exciting, thrilling victory oh, over yeah. Wisconsin at HawkeyesWire.com? I think everybody was dialed into 15-6, right? I mean, come on. Vintage. 15-6. to six. And Tanner Mordecai got hurt in that game. He did. Yeah, got knocked out of the football game. Uh the, the Big 12, as we discussed, it's tough to get a read on beyond uh, Oklahoma and Texas. It just right. feels like this thing's tracking to those two on a collision course to meet up uh, once more. Though I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by uh, the, the turnaround in Stillwater. I'm intrigued to see what happens now with the quarterback situation at Kansas State. I just really think that the path is there for Oklahoma to be unbeaten in Arlington. Ooh, breaking news. Uh, Shep passes this along. You know how Georgia, we were looking at the percentage chance to make the playoffs, and they were surprisingly low? Maybe this factors in. Brock Bowers had that tightrope surgery on his injured ankle. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. Georgia's off this week. They've got a bye this week. Then next week, they uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which I don't think they still call it that anymore. But that's a little bit more interesting with Florida beating South Carolina this weekend. That tightrope surgery is is usually for high ankle sprains, right? <laughs> that's That's a rather big deal. So... I don't know. Does that make Georgia a little bit more vulnerable? It says four to six weeks. So that's a bye week. Florida, Mm -hmm. Missouri, and Ole Miss potentially being back for the Tennessee game in Knoxville this year. If you haven't paid attention to Georgia, yes, they're really good. But their offense has really been all about Brock Bowers. He's so good, man. Yeah. And, yeah, if he's going to be out for that extended period of time, sure that's a game changer for them. Is it enough for them to lose to one of those teams? I don't know that any of those teams are good enough to beat them, even minus him. But uh, it's – I mean, obviously it's noteworthy. Bowers, by the way, (laughs) had been so good during the middle stretch of the season that they started generating a little bit of Heisman buzz. Well, middle stretch of the season, three of the last four games. Now, oof. All right, let's – this is part of the game, Josh, right? You've got to deal with it. We, what we haven't talked about enough with Oklahoma, I know that we're all pie in the sky, over the moon, excited about Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, right? That's a big hole to fill with Andrew Anthony out, isn't it? Sure it is, absolutely. I mean, the guy at the midway point's your leading receiver. Now, that's going to wind up being Jalil Farouk, uh, and it might have been anyways – But, uh, yeah, it's a substantial loss. Do you – is it surprising 
Well, there, there's a lot of things in this that, like, I compartmentalize. Number one, I'm really surprised by how good Andrew Anthony is. You just – sometimes when you come from another Power 5 school, like Michigan, Michigan throws the ball around, not to the degree that, you know, most teams do, but they got a lot of confidence in J.J. McCarthy. I mean, they – I know they had the Cade McNamara-McCarthy battle that went on for a couple of years, but Cade's now at Iowa and J.J.'s doing his thing and some think he's an NFL quarterback, but – I was surprised by, A, how good he was, B, how, you know, Michigan just didn't use that weapon. And then, I guess, C, I I was surprised how he – I mean, that's instant chemistry, it seemed like him and Dylan Gabriel had. He took to the coaching. He was a great team guy. I mean, I, I, I hope everyone understands that while we're excited about the youth and we expect them to be great, Josh, this sucks to lose a guy like that. This hurts. Yeah, it does. And – what we said last week, say again, I hate it most for him because, again, here's somebody, as you pointed out right there, for whatever reason, it the light bulb didn't totally come on at Michigan, whether that was their scheme, the fact they didn't use him enough, or just natural maturity and he's a little bit older now, uh, the fit at Oklahoma, what they were doing, need from Oklahoma, everything had come together in this perfect, perfect alignment for Andrew Anthony to start this season where he's Oklahoma's best receiver, and now all of a sudden he's hurt. And and look, I think OU's going to be okay at receiver because of their skill guys, but it's it's at least keeping our attention on. Better. Well, yeah, breaking news. Breaking news. Brock Bowers will miss four to six weeks as he has ankle surgery, and this is the type of ankle surgery that is supposed to help heal high ankle sprains quicker. Big story developing amongst one of the contenders in college football. All right, we'll take a break. It's 10.50. Your texts are next on The Ref. All right, got time for two quick texts before the top of the hour. Here they are. On The Plank Show, Hour 2 brought to you by Allison Insurance. On a Monday where, oh, we get our, um, well, you, you, you have to keep working. I'm sorry. But we get our day off tomorrow too, right? We get 11.30. Two and a half hour shows like a day off. Yeah, that's right. That's All right, right. Here, here, here's a good text from Chris Rich. Who writes, I think it's the expectation, gentlemen. You're halfway done with your schedule. You beat your rival and a top three team. The rest of the schedule isn't a cakewalk, but matchups you should control and win. Great opportunities to develop and improve on what you see on tape. And we've got plenty of tape. Take advantage of it. Hashtag boomer. That's Chris's response to the championship or bust mindset now for some Sooner fans. It's not. Here's the funny thing, and everyone, Bob Stoops always joked about this, and he still does to this day, and I think it's one of the funniest things he says. People told him when he got the job that all they cared about was beating Texas, and then as soon as he beat Texas, they quickly realized that wasn't all they cared about. <laughs> it's they cared about much, much more, and I think that's, that's Sooner fan, right? And that's fine. You care about much more than just beating Texas because once you beat Texas, it becomes, mm, I think this team can win a title, right? Sure. It's natural. If, you know, I, I'm the only person who has an NFL team at 500 who is miserable right now. Don't ask me how it happened. But I don't think there's many OU fans that are finding things to complain about at 6-0. It's just now you just raise the bar. And maybe we have a Thursday worry 
that pops in this week, Realtor Chris. Maybe it returns next week. Maybe Dylan throws a couple picks. Maybe they turn the ball over. What a, maybe it's tighter than people think against UCF. It's going to happen in, in a game here or there. But you're con- And this isn't a bad thing when I say it, Josh. You're moving the goalpost based on what you've seen. And I feel like a lot of people have moved that goalpost from, man, I just hope we win 10 games. I want to be in the Big 12 title game to we just beat Texas, and everyone was telling us Texas is a playoff team. Why not us? And that's fine. That's what should happen with a blue blood, right? And it's not Georgia from last season. Uh, Georgia's still really, really good, right? And, and who knows? Maybe when this thing's all said and done, it's going to wind up a Georgia three-peat. But guess right. what? It's a new quarterback. There's some things that have changed there to where there's not this, quote-unquote, seemingly immovable object in the sport. It, it feels gettable. Georgia's good, but it's not the same. It's a good team, but it's looked vulnerable. It's looked vulnerable. All right. When we come back, top five things we took away from week seven of the college football season next.